You don't have to go out and buy new clothes, but find that one outfit that's in your closet that makes you feel amazing. And then that's what you need to go to meet that person in. But don't wait. Your love's what I need. Your love is what I need. Hello and welcome to Dating is Such a Drag podcast. I'm Jean Sullivan Pelecci, the soulmate coach, here with my espresso martini to join my friend, my dearest friend, Lady Portia, who I hope has an espresso martini with her to start this podcast. Well, I changed. Uh, I was on espresso martinis earlier, um, but I have changed now to ginger because I ran out of coffee because I've had too many. Okay, <laughs> you're, I- forgiven. you're forgiven. Mm. well cheers to you my darling you look as gorgeous as ever which kind of relates to our guest today well listen i am the funny thing is i just got a wee glimpse of myself and i'm look i am bloody boobalicious i don't know what is going on (laughs) (laughs) i actually get i got a new i did get some new um underwear and i'm like I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm like, I'm Portia. paid <laughs> do we need to have a talk? Are you pregnant? Well, I don't, I don't know. They're not sore. <laughs> and to be fair, they are socks. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so uh, hopefully not. You'll not get much milk out of them. <laughs> but a bit of sweat, but no milk. <laughs> yeah, but you do look actually particularly sexy today. Do you know what it is? This I I got this blouse, um, and this is a top tip for anybody at home. So our, I got this dress, and it cuts across like this. So there's no there's no cleavage, and it just gives you very. So what I actually did was I pulled it across, and then I put a safety pin into my bra and into the material, so it holds it in place. So it actually gives you a bit of cleavage, but I think maybe I've gone a bit OTT on anyway. That's an it's another, never, another, it's like, never like, too much. Yes. Anyway. It's never too it's much. Not, and it's I, not that type of show, honey. Um, <laughs> well, at least later. Anyway. I love, do you know what? I'm digging these nails. So if you remember, we, we do do our, our video as well, if you want to jump across our YouTube channel. But these nails were the ones that I got um, this color, um, OPI or OPM or something like that there. OPI. They're gorgeous. And these these were in the goodie bag for the event that I was doing in in Toronto. And I just think they're the most gorgeous color. And then I've I've tied, I think, leopard print and a little bit of red and black. Oh, my God. Sure. I'm just, it's turning it all out today, girl. Turning it all out. I have to say that blue is sensational on you. So I don't know if you've had your colors done or anything like that. But I would imagine that they would say that that color is a very striking color on you. Thank you, darling. And and I wish we had some sunlight at the moment because my hair is like freshly purple. I'm just really feeling myself. I was belly dancing yeah. earlier. I feel just... Oh my God, girl. You know, we're both like feeling ourselves today. And- oh my goodness. There's no room for... Maybe it's maybe we're channeling our guests because she's hello gorgeous. Hello. Oh my gosh. Kim, I, you know, I, I knew the moment I heard from Kim Becker uh, that we had to have her on the show because she reminded me a bit of you because she um, has helped people with uh, cancer look and feel beautiful, just like you used to. And, you know, she's a motivational speaker and an award-winning author of two books. And she is the founder of Hello Gorgeous, Kim Becker. I love it. 
Should we have her just jump right in? Why don't we get her on? Yeah. (laughs) I'm dying to know. Maybe your price is right, girl. Exactly. And I wonder if she has a Barbara Streisand accent. Oh, my God. Would not be great if she did. (laughs) I would just be, I'd be in heaven. (laughs) Hello, gorgeous. Hello there. How are you? Oh, I'm great. All the better for talking to you. <laughs> well, you. hello, gorgeous. And we're all gorgeous. Yes. <laughs> thank you very much. Oh, listen, thank you for, for, um, for reaching out and chatting to us. It's great. And we're, we're in the presence of greatness, all these wonderful books and all your, your charitable work. Like we're, we're the honored ones. <laughs> well thank you thank you i'm excited to be here great so um tell us a little bit about your um hello gorgeous and um how it how it came about so um i my background is in beauty i was a, a hairdresser and a salon owner and um I always knew that I wanted to open a salon. That was my big dream. And so I remember my late husband and I were talking about it one day and I said, you know, I want to open a salon. And he said, I have a perfect name for the salon. We should call it Hello Gorgeous. And I said, that's the stupidest name I've ever heard. I said, we're not going to call it Hello Gorgeous. He said, no, no, it'll be really great because every time you answer the phone, you get to say, hello, gorgeous, and it'll make people smile. And oh, I, I love that. I love said, that. It's great marketing. We're not, we're not doing it. I said, it's dumb. And I said, I could, I've been a, um, a uh, educator for a natural nail care company and had an opportunity to visit a salon in Southern Illinois. And it was a very French looking, it, it had all the French flair and they served cheesecake and champagne to all of their clients. And the name of that salon was Chavu. So I knew that when I opened a salon, that was going to be the name of my salon was Chavu. And um, so when he came up with this idea of Hello Gorgeous, I said, we're not, I've already got this figured out. We're not doing this. So we owned and operated Shavu Professional Hair Design for 10 years. And, you know, the whole time that we owned it, there was just something that was missing. And I can't tell you what it was. There was just something that was there that, that wasn't there. So we would have these conversations and I thought, you know, must have been the salon. So every year at Christmas time, we would remodel. We grew it from two chairs to seven chairs in one location. Then we moved from 1,000 square feet to 3,000 square feet. We had wow. seven stylist and a massage therapist and a receptionist and it was awesome but that emptiness was still here and so we would just continue to talk about it so one time we were um, on our way back from Indianapolis about three hours south of where we live and I was having this conversation with Mike and I said I know there's something more we should be doing I know there's something more out there but I don't know what it is and all of a sudden it fell on my heart and I said, I know what we need to do. We need to have a mobile day spa that caters to cancer patients. Mm-hmm. We need beautiful, elegant palace on wheels that'll show up just a few feet from her door and treat her like a queen for a day during a time where she doesn't feel very, very, she doesn't feel very special. Mm-hmm. And, you know, here it was at this point in time, we'd owned the salon about 10 years. And, you know, for any of your listeners that own a business, you know, people get a misconception about a business owner. You know, they think that you get, you know, you make $5,000 in a day and you take that cash and you put it in your pocket and you live this extravagant lifestyle. And that can't be further from the truth because just about the time you get a little money saved up, something happens. The water yeah. you out or the furnace stops working or something so i'm pitching this idea to him about this beautiful motorway spot and i look at him and i go and you know what we're going to do it for free (laughs) and i watched all the coloring out of his face 
And he said to me, how are we going to do this? And I said, I don't know. I just know this is what we're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. Being the wonderful husband that he was, he stopped at a bookstore and went in and bought me every book he could find about free money for women and grant writing for dummies and grant writing for women. And he got back in the car and I loved being able to talk to him in the car because he couldn't escape. So I just kept, you know, just rattling off all of the things about this dream and what it was going to look like. So we got about 30 minutes from home and our son was three years old at the time and he'd woken up from his nap. So we were getting out of the car to let him stretch his legs and we got out of the car. And as we were walking into this play area, I grabbed a hold of Mike's arm. Now 10 years had passed from the time he opened the salon to this particular moment. I grabbed a hold of Mike's arm and I said, you know what, Mike, this is supposed to be called Hello Gorgeous. I said, the salon was never supposed to be called Hello Gorgeous. This is supposed to be called Hello Gorgeous because that's how these women deserve to be greeted. Mm -hmm. And that's amazing. And I want to pick up on something because this is, we do um, Dating and Love um, as our as our podcast. And I want to pick up on something that you have just said to reaffirm what, what a green flag is and what a how a man and woman should be should be treated. So your husband's going, you're going, I've got this idea. He's on board. That's great. That's an amazing idea. I want to do it for free. Instead of like like emergency stuff going absolutely not. He's going right. How are we going to do it? We'll make it work. Let's see how we do it. What we'll do, let's go and get books and information and arm ourselves. This is your dream. So here is how, as your husband, I align myself and you and arm you with all the information that you need. And then let's see if we can do this together. And then Hello Gorgeous comes from that. So as a partnership in any walk of life, this is how partners should be. It's not one person saying no and cancelling out someone else's dreams. It's both going, let's, let's give it our best shot. Let's arm ourselves with all the information and let's see where it takes us. And That's right. look That's where right. you are today. That's right. Yeah. It's, well, we've been in existence for 16 years, which has been amazing. But the yeah. to that point, you know, we as women, um, especially I think being single women and, and what I realized is sometimes we're resistant to be loved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. So I, I struggled with that um, it, because I can do it myself. I, I can figure it out. And I remember it was probably about two months that we had been married. Actually, tomorrow would have been our 29th wedding anniversary. So we were married almost 24 years before Mike passed away. And I remember two months before he passed away, I remember looking at him and saying to him, my job is simply just to let you love me. And he loved that. yes, that's it. But I think, I mean, we had a great marriage, don't get me wrong, but I think our marriage would have been a lot easier had I just admitted that so much earlier. And so even when you're in the dating world, I think that's it, right? We put on this false sense of bravado as a woman. We have to protect ourselves. And I'm not saying you've got to go into a relationship with eyes wide open. You have But once you get into that relationship, you've got to lower that guard and you have to allow them to love you. You have to allow them to help you because if you don't, it's a complete turnoff for them. I can't imagine how frustrated my late husband was for all of those years had I just had that, even if I'd had that realization three years before he passed away. But I feel like so many times we just don't, we don't want to give up that power and I don't giving up and sharing it and I think that we need to understand that more and I think it's really 
it's really important what you were saying is my job is to let you love me. And uh, that's a lot of what we talk about on the show is helping uh, high achievers realize that they're blocking partnership by mm-hmm. not allowing their partner to love them and to be a partner. They, they are afraid yeah. to be vulnerable and they're afraid to let somebody help them. They want to do it all themselves because they're afraid. So I, I think it's never too late if you've been doing that to, to shift it just like you did. I think it's, it's pretty powerful. And what I love as well is I think we're twins. So I do. <laughs> if you look at it, like even look at our nails. We have got the same nails. I know. And for 10 years, I ran a cosmetics cancer charity called Look Good, Feel Better. And yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So it started off, I think it's, it, it came from America to the UK and Michelle Obama and everything. She would have stepped in and on some, some of the workshops. And what I loved about it was you are you have the privilege of giving women like a joy and seeing themselves for probably the first time ever, because we're so used to saying what we look like all the time, we're very switched off to it. Then something happens, like you lose your hair and your brows and your eyelashes, and you know you might have a breast or two missing, and then you feel like you've lost your entire identity. And to spend two hours with women, you know, and they've got their wigs off, and you're showing them tricks and how to do eyebrows, and they're looking at themselves, and they're they're actually seeing how beautiful they are for the first time, mm-hmm. because before that they've just always looked the way they've looked. Then they looked like somebody completely different, and then you're giving them the tools of going, actually, I'm gorgeous. Hello. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And you know, and that is one of the things you know that is kind of our motto is that we really want to help women with cancer smile when they look in the mirror. We yeah. want to do so much that, but we don't want it to be that they're unrecognizable. We just want to, we want to show them how to enhance those normal features that they have. Yeah. And I hear so often, and I'm sure you did through the look good, feel better program too. I just don't feel girly anymore. Yeah. Everything mm-hmm. that makes us feel pretty like a woman, you lose, you lose your eyebrows, you lose your eyelashes, you lose your nose hair. So your nose run all the time. Mm-hmm. You your hair, like you said, if it's breast cancer, you can even lose your breasts. Yeah. So what I do is we want the opportunity to replace some of that, to show her. And as a woman, you don't know what you don't know. I mean, you yeah. and I are lucky because we've grown up in, well, I feel like I grew up, you know, in the beauty industry. I was yeah. 18 when I got my license. And so that's almost been 40 years now. So mm-hmm. no, not, I don't know how to not do myself up. I don't yeah. know not walk out of the house without mm-hmm or eyeshadow or whatever you there's some women that never you know if they didn't they don't know how to do that and they need that education now more than ever and I love that as well so you know our who we are is our shop front you know so how we the effort we make with ourselves or not you know if we're trying to attract a partner or a business or whatever or be taken seriously unfortunately the world and the society that we that we live in makes second judgments on us so within a few seconds you will judge somebody on whether you're going to take them seriously or not and a lot of that is to do with before they even open their mouth 
What are they wearing? How are they groomed? What do they look like? It doesn't matter what your qualifications are. You will make a judgment based on what somebody looks like. So giving somebody the tools and the skill set to make the best of themselves, you know, in the dating world, in the business world, in anything Everyone says, oh, it's so shallow. But unfortunately, it is a shallow. It is shallow, but it's true. So if you can physically make the, be- the, the best of yourself. And that was one of the things, you know, that we don't realize. So anyone out there, I tell you to go and look at your eyebrows right now. In your head, you will think that you have two matching eyebrows and they were they're, and they're, they're gorgeous. And then when you look actually in the mirror, they're not because our eyebrows are sisters, not twins. Okay. It's not until you lose them, then you go, oh, well, actually, my eyebrows were perfect before. And then you try to draw them on. You try to draw two symmetrical eyebrows. As long as it looks similar, as long as there's a form of symmetry, they don't exactly have to match because nobody's eyebrows normally matches um, anyway. So when when you're dating and you're going out for, it is good to put on your shop front and B, you know, that's how you, but it's also how you know you find the perfect partner is you're as comfortable when all of this is on as when it's off. That's right. And you can go, well, actually I can, you know, I can take my control pants off. I can get out of this like little, you know, lovely dress and, you know, take my makeup off and, and put my hair up in a bun and sit down in socks and cuddle in and have ice cream, you know? Yes. I agree. Well, and I think that, so we had a woman once that, um, you know, when you're talking about the importance of appearance, it's, and what you talk about shop front, it's not even what, what others see, it's what we see. So I made a comment about how, you know, it, it was our job to make sure that she could smile when she looked in the mirror. And we were talking with this gal, she was a TikTok influencer that basically documented her entire cancer journey on TikTok. And we were talking to her about a special project and I made that comment. She said, I want to show you something. And she turned the camera around and there was a dresser with what looked to be a mirror on top of it that was covered with brown paper. Hmm. She said, I can't look at myself. And she said, I can't stand the reflection. And if I get up in the middle of the night and I see that reflection, it startles me. So I covered up the mirror so I don't have to look at myself right now. We realize that as much as the outward appearance is important to other people, looking, judging, whatever you want to call it, we've got to be able to look in the mirror and smile what we see. Mm -hmm. And that's important before anybody else looks at us and smiles. That's Mm -hmm. that's the key. A hundred percent. And so what what has been the, the, the highlight of the Hello Gorgeous experience for you? Um, you know, I, I, I will tell you right now, I have the best job in the whole world. Um, and I think the highlight is the opportunity to create experiences for women. Mm-hmm. Had they not been diagnosed with cancer, had they not been nominated for Hello Gorgeous Visit, they wouldn't have otherwise been able to do. Um, and so we've done a couple of makeovers with the University of Notre Dame. Um, where we've kidnapped a woman out of the audience, taken her into like a locker room, done a makeover on her 90 minutes, and then revealed her to a crowd of Mm -hmm. 10,000. A couple of years ago, we had the opportunity to do a makeover on a woman, and um, she was battling stage four breast cancer, and uh, did the whole makeover, 
did a reveal in front of our family and friends. And then I worked with Garth Brooks as PR people. And we actually got her a meet and greet with Garth Brooks as part of her. Wow. And so those are the kind of things that I love to do, creating those one of a kind experiences for women that are in the throes of this journey that they otherwise wouldn't have been able to do. I guess in some ways I want them to be able to say, I guess getting cancer wasn't so bad after all. Yeah. And I, I love that as well. And what I'll do is I will give you, I have a handout that I, that I created um, and um, I'll, like my gift to yours on the step-by-step guide to putting your, your makeup on and your brows and their sisters, not twins and how to do your liner. And you can give that to all of your contact list, you know, I as, love as my that. Gift. I love one, that. That would be awesome. One of the things that I that I created was this, you know, the mantra that I that I always hear back um, whenever I was working in cosmetics and they would say, oh, it would be fine, but I'd have to get up an hour earlier. I don't have time to do it. I don't have time. So then always in my brain, I'm thinking, right, OK, this is what you're saying. But what is what's the real meaning behind it? And it was just a lot of women of a certain age, all the, the younger ones now, it's all across YouTube and Internet and all that type of stuff. Any advice that you need, you can find now online. 20 years ago, the internet was very new. So all this stuff wasn't there. So anybody from 20 years plus backwards, they didn't have that. They only had the girls on on the shop floors. So what I did was I created this um, full face of makeup, cleansed, toned, moisturized in three records on the radio. So if you didn't have a full face of makeup, everything done, from lashes to lips to everything. And it was actually off the back of look good, feel better because I would be doing these workshops for the cancer patients and regular women would be saying, oh, I must come to one of your workshops. And I'd be like, oh, you can't because you have to have cancer. And then I was kind of going, well, actually, you know, these women that I'm that I'm giving this to, a lot of women don't, don't have this knowledge or experience. So I then started to do hold the, these workshops and that's where the, that's where the um, handout um, came from. So I do half the face in like on, on, in regular and I talk them through the technique and then I do the other half in, in, in real time. And I go through from start to finish the, the whole thing and it's done in less than less than 10 minutes. But I do everyday scenarios. So I'm like doing the eyeliner. I'm like, the kid just come in and he's gone, mommy, where's my rugby stuff? And she's going, oh, it's under the stairs, blah, blah, blah. And then the dog's just been sick in the corner as you're doing your lip liner. And you're like, well, it'll it'll not fall any further. And then the, you're doing your blusher and the wee one comes in saying, where's my ballet stuff? And your husband doesn't know where his tie is. So I'm relaying what somebody's morning looks like and how they can still do a full a full face of makeup. So do you have a any like top what are your top tips for for beauty um or for you know making the best of yourself because there'll be girls out there guys out there that are kind of going you know I have been in a relationship long term I'm now in the new pool of dating and you know from an, from an expert eye what would be some of the key things of how I could make the best of best of myself to attract the perfect mate? Well, the first thing that I think what I would start at, you know, when we're talking about the dating and the perfect mate, that kind of thing is, you know, put your best face forward when you go to meet somebody or whatever, but don't do it so over the top that you can't reproduce it, right? Yeah. 
first time you're meeting somebody. So go in every day. Like, don't go in like you're going to the prom. And then, you know, the next day you see them, you've got your hair on a top knot and you're, you know, in pants. Go in when you first meet them. I think just do what you can do to put your best foot forward. And I think that, you know, one of the pieces of advice I would say is don't quit. You know, because I think many times what happens is, is people get into a relationship and then they get comfortable and then they stop doing all the things that made this person fall in love with them, whatever it is. Or as you go through that dating cycle, you stop doing all those things and the relationship changes. And then you're like, well, why did that relationship change? I don't understand that. And anyway, I, you know, that's one of the first things, but so that, that would be my big piece of advice, but, you know, I think number one, whether you are a man or a woman, to me, when you're talking about beauty tips, one of the first things that I think is important than anything else is your skincare. Oh, well, that's all I was going to say. Skincare, of course. I get so many compliments on my makeup. Now I'm 55. Um, and so I always tell the gal that does my facials and stuff. I don't need to look 17. Just make me look really good for my good. age. Yeah. Amen. That's what yeah. I want. I don't want to look, I just need to look really good for where I am. But care is, that's the big thing. People don't, they just think that it's, that it's silly and it's not, but I'll tell you what, when you get that, it's like a, a canvas, right? Mm-hmm. If you had a canvas that was all bumpy in it, you know, there was, there's no way that your painting is ever going to look as beautiful as you want it to look. But if you went through and you had that clear canvas and everything was evened out, what you could project on that canvas would be incredible. It's the mm-hmm. same your skincare and if you start with a skincare regime that works together that's the best thing to do yes can can i ask because i'm your age too and (laughs) my skin has changed over the years and a lot of clients will talk about that that they feel a little insecure about like little wrinkles and like little spots and things like that what do you recommend for people who just want to feel, you know, more beautiful? What kind of skincare would you recommend? Sometimes people get intimidated by having to buy a lot of products, but I don't think from what I've heard from Portia, it doesn't really have to be a big expensive regime. No. So we use the the skincare that I use is called KPS Essentials. um, And I absolutely love their product line. It's all organic. And what we do for the women that we serve, it's a very simple line. It's a a cleanser. There's a toner. There's a moisturizer. There's an eye cream. um, And and then there's a a primer that you put on even beforehand. And and I use that product in the same use for women with cancer because what i've said is if you hand her a 14-step skincare package and you do to go do that between chemo and radiation and her family it's gonna sit in the bag so you know i live by a model that's keep it simple sister yeah yeah it really is the what i say it's the basics and it's the you know you need like the four basics but you need them to be from the same line again i love kps i love everything about it let me share a quick story with you real quick. And I'll tell you, and this is why I love this product line. So you, I don't know if I actually told you this genie or not, but three years ago, I was diagnosed with cancer. Um, and so I had, it was a, a neuroendocrine tumor that was found on my colon. So it wasn't considered colon cancer, um, but they had to go in and they had to do surgery. And so here I am, I'm single, right? I, my husband had been gone a couple of years, you know, contemplating the whole dating world. And now I've got this big incision that goes from the top of my abdomen all the way down to my belly button. And I'm like, great. You know what I mean? And so you keep thinking about those kind of things, right? Whether it's, you know, going forward and if you're going to get intimate and all those things. And so I'm like, holy cow. So I, I talked to the gal that had the skincare and we were doing a makeover one day and I'm like, I, I'm, and I'm like, 
I'm going to be a testimonial for you. So I actually took a picture of my scar and I'd seen her a couple of months later and I'm like, you know, looking at my scar. I just don't feel like it's doing, I'm not doing something right. So she gave me the things that I needed to do and I did it. And I used the skincare regime exactly like she told me to do it on my scar. So it was probably about a year later, maybe 14 months, something like that. And I was in the office. My sister was here and I said, hey, I got to get an after picture for Natalie. I decided I got the before I need the after. So I pulled my shirt up and I said to my sister, okay, take the after picture. And she goes, well, where is it? You couldn't <laughs> see the scar. Mm. And so I'm like, if it can do something like that for a scar on that, it's it's excellent for my, so I full out love that product line because what it does, I feel like my wrinkles are less, um, they're less obvious, but, but I also think that there's things you can do too. Again, don't try and look like you're trying to be 20 years younger. Just show up the best version as you are yourself right now. At my age, at 55, I no longer use a liquid foundation. I use a powder. And part of it is because I feel like with a liquid foundation, it gets caught in my cracks and crevices and my crow's feet and that kind of thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep. I that's I it. The second tip that I can give. So if you go with a, a powder foundation, that's the first thing. The second thing is I think that what women our age do, they make the difference is they take their eyeliner all the way out all, and all the way into their nose. And you actually should just take your eyeliner from the outside of your eye to about three quarters of the way in. When you close that all the way up, it makes your eyes look smaller. And mm-hmm. I think that making that, leaving that liner and having that little bit of a piece in there, that makes a big difference. And I'll tell you the other thing that I invested in and I, and I won't go without, and that's lash extensions. Mm-hmm. I think that if you can't find a mascara that gives you the thick lashes, then I, I get lash extensions. And I feel like that when I don't have those lash extensions, I look tired. Mm-hmm. And when I get in there and I really do mascara, um, and, and there have been times when I've gone without them, but if I can do it, I, I do get them. But I feel like those really help to kind of open up your eyes and just make them. If I'm going to look tired anywhere or more mature or more aged, it's going to be through my eyes. Your eyes. Yeah. Yes. Right. And so I feel like if I can do that just to kind of bring those up, that's really helpful. So I would love to add in um, a couple of top tips, um, if, you do, if you don't mind as well. No, not at all. So for somebody who is, you know, who's had a set routine for, for a while, or they're, they're trying to build a routine. So cleansing, toning and moisturizing and eye creams, everything that exfoliators are one of the, is like a girl's best friend because you're getting rid of all the dead and the dry skin. And if you do that a couple of times a week, what that does is um, using moisturizer on, on treat on exfoliated skin is a bit like if you imagine having a pot plant and you've got all these sponges around the top of the pot plant and you water the sponge, nothing penetrates through to the root. So if you get rid of the dead and the dry skin, it's not connected to the skin cells below. So what you do is you sweep away the dead and the dry skin. It makes your skin look so much brighter. I always would have said a Wednesday and a weekend uh, day because that that's you're, you're usually go out at the weekend. And my grandmother was 78 whenever I started working in, in cosmetics and she had had the same makeup the same everything from all of her life and I got her she used powder but not the powder stuff that you'd have been talking about like the old-fashioned like you know beat it beat it into your skin that showed up every crack and 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 I moved her from that into like a cream based um foundation cleanse toned moisturizer exfoliated she used cream stuff 
and then some light, light gentle highlighters and a dust of powder to absorb shine. She's 78 and in the church choir, right? Presbyterian. And a lady in her choir asked her at 78, had she had a facelift? (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. She was so radiant and she was glowing. So I always use her as the landmark of if someone at 78 can have people in her choir and be radiant and go, well, actually, anybody can at any age. So it doesn't matter if you're just out of a relationship or you're heading into one. And I love what you're saying. Always make the best of who you are, where you are, when you're there, right? Because if you do, you go all out and you go to Mac and you get your makeup done on your first date, but you're, you don't know how to recreate that. If you always look the best that you can, you can look, and tweak it. You know, I don't know if you've ever seen the um, Marvelous Mrs. Mabel. Have you ever seen that? I have. I yes. have. I love it. The, I do. the first episode where she's lying in bed and like the sun creeps in and like she gets up and then puts a mascara on. And so I'm a bit like that. Whereas I know, I genuinely know how to make the best of myself in a, in a very short spell of time. So I, every day, even as a guy, I will use a little bit of concealer, some light tinted moisturizer and a touch of bronzer. So even if I'm, you know, if I've someone in bed beside me or not, or I've got guests, I just get up in the morning and I put the tiniest little bit of concealer on, the BB cream, a little bit of a little bit of bronzer. It takes me a minute and a half, not even a minute and a half to do that. But I'm stepping out and I I feel great. I feel like I, I can I can meet and greet somebody rather rather than not. So when you are going out and just like you were saying, is I don't think I would ever be at a stage where I wouldn't make the effort now when I take my makeup off out of drag it, it's my face is red and it's blotchy and you know all that because you're you know and that's fine but on an average every day always make your best and put your yes. best foot forward because yes. you're showing your partner that I respect you to look my best and I respect myself enough to put my best foot forward it's when we start to just go I don't care what I look like, which means I don't really care what you look like, which means I don't really care what the house looks like. I don't really care about this relationship. It is what it is, you know, and then you end up in this in this cycle of meh, you know, I, whereas if you do get up and and it never gets tiring. This is what I always this is what I say all the time. It never gets tiring hearing mm-hmm. people say, don't you look lovely today? Yes. That lovely stuff? I love what you've done. That never gets boring, you know. No, <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. And and that's not the reason that you do it, but that's the reason. And and here's another thing too. And again, I may have a different view on that, but you know, when I was married, I always said to Mike, like I got up and I did my hair and I did my makeup. I always wanted my husband to look and say, that's my girl. Mm -hmm. That's my girl, you know? And so I think it's something about that too. I, you hit a nail on the head when you were talking about you know, it's, it's a respect, right? I respect myself. Therefore, because of what I do, I, I want, I, and it's not that approval. It's just, I want, I always wanted him to be proud that I was his wife. Yeah. And so I think that sometimes when you, when you're back in that dating scene and even looking at some of that too, it's not that you want them to be proud. Sometimes it's just pride in yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. That it's it's what you do to be able to it's you're doing it for you to be mm-hmm. able to say, hey, I'm really proud that I'm me and that these are things that that I can do 
I may not have control over anything else. That's why I always said I, I, it's about lipstick, right? I love my red lipstick. Now it's not for everybody, but I read my, love my red lipstick. And when crap hits the fan and I can't do anything else, you know what I can do? I can put on lipstick. And for whatever okay. that makes me feel powerful. That makes me, I can take on the world. I can do anything I need to do as long as I have my red lipstick on. And so it's, I think that the way we care for ourselves is something that we can control. I may yeah. not control the person that's across the table from me. I may not be able to control my circumstances. I certainly couldn't control the fact that I became a widow, but I can control what I do for me and with me. And I think that yeah. more and more people need to look at that because I think that that's so important. That's empowering to me. And yeah. can I can I ask a question? I love like obviously I love everything you're saying, and we're we're like makeup gals, not like just cut <laughs> us open, and we'll probably like bleed lip gloss. Um, but you know, being now fifty five, and where and where you're at, and through no fault of your own, you know, being back on the dating scene, are you? Do you go on dates, and how do you find navigating yourself now in today's in today's world? Um, because obviously. 30 years ago there weren't apps there weren't you know online you met somebody in a bar or introduced to somebody how have you found this as somebody in their 50s navigating the mm -hmm. the world of, of of dating and so I you know I use the apps because I think that you know COVID you know just changed the world the way that we do things you know I I think it's more difficult to me and I'm out all the time, you know, whether it's a speaking engagement or a rotary event or whatever it is, but I, I try and keep my personal life and my professional life separate. And so um, I went on, you know, when I, I, that's what I did was I went on the, the app and I did a lot of first dates, but it's really interesting because I don't normally divulge like who I am or what I do or anything like yeah. that. I, you know, I, like I said, I just kind of keep those separate um, and they were, um, I went out, like I said, it seemed like a lot of first dates. And then, um, I did have a, a long-term relationship, like 18 months or so, which just ended. And so now it's, you know, back on doing that, you know, doing that whole thing again. Um, what I think the biggest thing is when I decided, I think my husband was gone about three years when I decided I was going to actually actively date mm -hmm. and you're so right. Not only is the dating space different, but just dating at this age is different. You know, when I was, when I met my husband, I was 24. And so yeah. 24 years of life that I brought to that relationship, now I'm 55. And so it's businesses and a child and, you know, all those things. And so to the, one of the things that really helped me was I had a list. And so I sat down and I'm like, okay, what are the attributes that I'm looking for my person? Um, what is it and what's important and what's not important? Are looks important to an extent, but if he's really pretty and he can't carry on a conversation, yeah. well, is that, where are you at there, right? Um, I, I, if he's really good, but he's controlling and, you know, changes the rules all the time. You know what I mean, and so I think that really sitting down and coming up with that list of what's important mm -hmm. and what you want and what you don't want um, and not settling. I, I think that that's, I think that the big part of it is that you don't feel like you actually have to, um, you, you know what I mean? You don't, just because yeah. this is interested in you doesn't mean you have to be interested in him. But, but I've yeah. found that some of the things that, that I would have been looking for at 24 aren't the same things that I'm looking for now at 55. And I'll tell you one of the biggest things is too, and that is that 
you know, um, and I don't know whether I'll get married again or not, you know, I, who knows what the future holds, but you know, at 24, 26, when I got married, when you say for better or for worse and in sickness and in health, I was 26. He was 32. We were never going to have any of those problems. He was right. never going <laughs> to have all these things. Right. And so, and it happened and I, you know, he did get sick three years after we got married. And so it was a long term, but it brought us closer together. And, but now at 55 in sickness and in health means a whole lot different, right? I mean, so you look for partners different now than I think I did when I was younger for some of those reasons, right? It's not that, is he good looking? Does he take care of himself? Does he take care of his house? Does he take care of Does he have a relationship with his children? How does he treat his mother? How does he, the waitress, when they come to the table, when they're okay. Can you, can you carry on a conversation and not be interrupted? My biggest thing right now, it's all about fun, right? I just want to, I want to laugh and I want to have fun. And so if we can carry on a conversation and we can have fun, some of the other things, those may go by the wayside because the priorities are so different now at 55 totally. than they were when I was younger, you know? And so I think that that's the, I think for me, that's how I navigate through some of so I love I, I love everything that that you are saying there and it is it's great and one of the one of the big things that I would love to know is when you're saying that you were going on a few like a lot of first dates so one is when you are totally secure within your own skin this guy doesn't need to be the one you know when you're happy and content of where you're at and you're filled with self-love and self-love, not necessarily looking in the mirror going, oh my God, I'm, you know, I'm totally gorgeous. But you're going as, you know, at the need versus the want. I either want to be in this relationship, I don't need to be in it. So I don't need to be with you, but I might want to be with you until I don't want to be with you. And then I go, actually, this isn't quite working. So what were then some of your, what were some of your first date red flags that made you go, do you know what, you know, your photograph was lovely. Your profile was nice. Our chat was great. But in person, no. You know, so one of them was, um, you know, when we talked on the phone and the initial conversations and stuff were great. And then when we got together, I happened to overhear a conversation that he had with his mom. And he was just disrespectful of his mother. And, you know, the language... Wow. He said, I wasn't a big fan of that. And I'm, you know, was kind of done. There was another gentleman that I went out with and um, he wasn't completely honest on his profile and had a little bit of a tick that he didn't really divulge. And so, you know, that was part of it. Um, you know, another thing is at this age too, I'm pretty much set where I am. My family is all here. My business yeah. is all here. And, um, and actually the last relationship ended because of the fact that it came, you know, after dating, as long as we did, it was, Hey, I don't plan on staying here. I want to relocate if my job gives me an opportunity to relocate and I'm, I can't do that. And so I don't want to do that. I guess that's more, like you said, it's not a, it's not a need, it's a want, right? And so I don't want to do that. And so I, those are kind of the stumbling blocks. And so going forward, those will be a lot of the questions that I ask in the beginning. And I want to be the interviewer. And so as we sit down and have these conversations, let's get a lot of this stuff out on the table now. You know, what do you want? Do you ever want to retire? I don't ever plan on retiring. So yeah. if you're a guy that at 65, you want to sit in the house and you know, grow cantaloupe or something. I'm probably not your girl because I want to go and do and see and, you know, yeah. what I, mean? I think 
it's just, you are so right. It's knowing what we want first. Right. As the person on that site, you've got to know what you want first before you can meet the person to know yeah. who would match for you or not. And to communicate it and yeah. to do it immediately early on and not to wait. Yes. Wait time. And I think yes. it's where there's no problem with him being 65 and retiring and cooking cantaloupe if he doesn't mind you still out working. If Amen. he is content to do all that and then come home and he makes the dinner and you're like, oh my God, today, or you take a bit more, you take longer holidays because you can take a step back. And my my yes. dad is 70 and is still working because he will work until they literally say, we can't insure you anymore because he loves what he does. Yes. Yes. Retired 20 years ago. And he, he actually at 50 took early retirement and was back into work within, <laughs> within a few years because it was it just some people just aren't aren't built that way. So when you when you say that, it is also fine for them to chill out if you if you want to go on. And I'll, I'll I'll do sometimes I do overshares, right? But I, I whenever you're saying about somebody um, not being totally honest on their on their profile, so I was on one of the gay ones, obviously, and on the gay ones, they're slightly more on cheer than they are on the um, on Tinder. <laughs> I'm still recovering from some of those posts, but <laughs> so he kept sending me like torso pics, right, and lovely body, lovely everything, and he looked a lot taller and on his profile it was so we go by like say five foot this or six foot that or whatever and over where you guys are in america you go by inches right so he had the american version and made him look like he was much taller right so chatting away and all seemed fine and also he had sent me photographs from years ago right like years ago and I opened the door thinking that this athletic six foot something like rugby player was going to come in and I went oh hello (laughs) oh my god I was like hi like how are you and I was like do you need a hand on the step to get in? <laughs> yeah. so I opened the door and I was like, oh my God, what? Like literally I'm looking down and I'm going, yeah. what am I going to do? Yeah. So I didn't want to be like a dick, right? So I still brought him in and I was like, oh God. <laughs> so then we started like making out and I was going, oh my God. He's like, he is like literally this size. And um, <laughs> then... He, uh, uh, I, I said, I said, oh, listen, I'm really sorry. And he jumped off and he was like, oh, yeah, is it because, yeah, I lied about myself on, on the profile? I get that all the time. And I was like, you fucking shit. I have, I, literally, I'm doing this. I just, but you know exactly what you've done. It's only because I didn't want to hurt your feelings. And then I was like, oh, no, no, no. It's just, I've just got out of a long-term relationship. You're the first person I've been with. And I just, I'm just not ready. That was bullshit. I was completely single. I was just trying to get him out of the house going, yeah. how can I get around this? So honestly, whenever people lie on their, it is, it's worse if you lie on your profile because it's going to yeah. see you. You know, absolutely. You always be honest and have up-to-date photographs yes. within at least six months. I wanted to bring that up too, because I experienced that myself. I went out on a date and a guy had cleverly Photoshopped his picture 
And um, when I arrived on the date, he was at least 20 years older. And he was so like disappointed when I was upset because I just, I don't know what people are thinking. Yeah. When, you know, they lie about something so significant. Do they think that we're just going to be so enamored at the first meeting mm-hmm. <laughs> that we're going to overlook it? And that's why I love what Kim was saying earlier about, I'm not trying to look 25. I just want to look like a good 55. I just want to look right. and feel my best. And I, I always tell people, and I know Portia does too, just look your best and be your best self, but don't like put on filters or try to use an old photo. The right people are going to think you're sexy as hell exactly the way you are. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. Well, and I and for me, when you look at that, right? So one of the big things for me is honesty, right? I trust you until you give me a reason not to. Yeah. Okay off on that foot that either a you've lied about your profile b you weren't completely honest or b c you're using filters and it's not really you i i got nothing at that point in time i'm just i'm not even because if you lie to me about this and we don't even know each other what's gonna, what are you gonna be like yeah each other and now all of a sudden yeah. you're going to lie if i can't trust you from the day one then i there's no way i just that is such a big trust is such a big thing for me mm-hmm. And I think that's the other thing too, you know, you have to learn, like I, through the dates, I ask a lot of questions, as I said, you know, given that I'm a podcast host too, and that kind of thing, but you know what, I want to learn about your past. If you're not married right now, why did your marriage break up, right? If you're separated, if you're divorced, if you're a widow, what happened with that, right? Or a widower, I want to know all of those things. And I don't do it to be nosy. I do it because I want to know what happened. Where, where was that? And if I happen to be in that same scenario, how are you going to treat me? What are you, and you know, what I always try and do is I learned a lot of lessons. Um, I always say that Mike would like this Kim Becker much better than the Kim Becker he was married to. Um, Cause I think that we learned lessons. And so when I ask those questions about previous marriages or previous relationships, did they learn lessons through those things? And do they feel that they would do better at another relationship now? Yeah because of the lessons that they learned or are they just going to keep making the same mistakes over and over again is mm-hmm. is they were never at fault it was never their problem it was their former spouse you know the former relationship whatever it was that is going to be a red flag like well i'm never going to win with you because mm-hmm. it's not going to be right there's always going to be a problem and yeah. so those are kind of things so i think that no matter what sex you are, male or female, I think that when you go into that, it's okay to ask questions. It's okay to find out. It's all right to delve into some of those situations because that's the treasure hunting. That's where you find out what they're really like and the authenticity that's that's really there. And and the same thing, you know, they're going to ask you questions too, but Mm -hmm. show who you are. You know, I had a, um, I, well, it was interesting. I am, you know, I'm sure you can tell, like you, Portia, I'm a very big personality. And, um, you know, there's no sense in me hiding that or tamping that down. You know, eventually that's going to come out. If I'm not for somebody, then it's okay. I mean, I've been deemed the energizer bunny more than once. And I'm okay. (laughs) I know that that's that's the authentic Kim Becker. But I'm not going to try and be something because of you. You know, when I'm in my community... You know, people will come up to me all the time and tell me their stories and how our organization has impacted them. You got to be okay with that because if you're not, yeah. okay, then I can't be with you because I'm not going to change who I am because it makes you uncomfortable. Right? Yeah. 
So 100%. that's the other thing is that when you're in this dating process, it's not just about finding somebody that's right for you with the, your, as a person, it's right for you where you are in the world. You know, things aside, I am a single mom. My son is in college, but you know what? I am the only parent. And so there are things that I'm going to do because that is my child and that's where I want to be. So going to be threatened or you don't like the fact that that's it because your kids are grown and you've already done that in your life then that's okay but this is where I have to be right now and so you know maybe that's not a match and so I just decided you know and I and I wish that more women would do that you don't have to settle you don't have to change who you are you don't have to become something there's you don't have to mold into who they want you to be you get to be you and you put that energy out there and you, you ex- just exude that, you know, person that you are, yeah. the right person is going to see you. I think mm-hmm. that you hide it and you tamp it down, you become somebody that you're not. And so then you are the wrong person right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Because I love what you're saying there, because what you're, you are your shop front, like I was saying before. So your personality is part of that. So be it, and then the right people will want to shop in, in that store. Don't do it. And then what you do is they fall in love with, you know, the the, the quiet, mousy, you know, the person that doesn't say booty a goose. And then all of a sudden you're like, what's up? And they're like, where's this? <laughs> like, well, this is actually me. I was just, you know, I was shy or, 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 a, little, or a little bit nervous, you know. Um, so then you, you like always be your, always be yourself and be proud of who you are as well. So... T- quick question, 55, looking gorgeous. And you were saying there, you know, being with a guy and, you know, their kids might be like past college and everything like that there. Have you been with anybody younger? Yes. My last, yeah. just five, he was five years younger. Yeah. But yes. And that was, it was good. Cause I, you know, that's what I'd said. My, my husband was six years older and yeah. so I, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go five years younger, um, you know, that way then maybe I'll outlive him instead of, <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, he'll outlive me so that I don't have to bury another husband was kind of the joke. Um, but, you know, in five years was, it was good. I mean, it wasn't, I didn't really yeah. like it was, like it was that big of a deal, but no, I'm not a cougar. I haven't dated anybody like 15 years ago anything so well I was just I was just wondering on the off chance but I'm sure because you're so beautiful I'm sure you do get offers like all the time from like much younger I do I'm not much younger I mean 50 49 50 seems to be like that's kind of where that range is at as far as like people approaching me and and that kind of thing but um you know I, I again you have to look at those standards too right if you date somebody younger what comes with that you know do they still yeah. have home you know are they raising kids are they and I you know and I would have been okay with that I don't I mean I love I love kids I love my son I've got a niece and a nephew I love the kids I've got I've got actually three nephews and so um but I would I would love all of that like that isn't it's just a um so age doesn't I don't have a problem I will tell you I would like to meet somebody that's five years younger my, or even my age I don't really want to go a lot older than my age because of the fact that I don't act my age and so you know because of my energy level and that kind of thing I want to find somebody that can keep up with me and and I want somebody that can keep me young um and and I think that that was the whole thing of I don't want somebody to age me I don't want I don't want somebody to age me out I 
And I, and like I said, I'm not showing up inauthentically. It's just who I am. And so to be able to find that person that is a little younger or my age, I think is awesome because mm-hmm. that it's just the energies match then. Do you know what I mean? Where they can just. Or like you could find a fit 60. Like I, um, like I dated 60 year olds and like there's, and he's now, um, he's about 65 now. He mountain bike, like he is better than I am. Like I would like, and he skis and he goes off pace and he does all this type of thing. I wouldn't be able to keep up with that. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and I like, I couldn't. like I'm, I'm active, but I'm active where I'm not like throwing myself down a, a ski slope or mountain biking, like up and down mountains and things like that there. But he's 65 and he's still doing that. And that's, that's, um, that's great. <laughs> it's just not, so you might find that, you know, you find somebody that keeps you young, but it's older, yes. you know? So it's yes. all about the, it's <laughs> like, like the mentality. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But I think that that's it. But again, right. I think knowing what you want, you know, mm-hmm. right now in my, at my age too, you know, it's not a lot. Um, uh, I want them to be financially stable, but it doesn't, have, you know, they don't have to have a lot of money. Right. Again, just what I said before, I'm all about I want to have fun and I want to create experiences. So, you know, when it comes down to it, whether it's younger, older, whatever, it's all about being able to spend time together and create those experiences. Yeah. Sunrise or watching a sunset or going for a ride and looking at the colors of the trees and, you know, being able to have all those conversations and stuff as well. And, And maybe that's not everybody. Maybe there are people that that doesn't matter to them, that they're more about the financial success of their, um, significant other, whatever that is. But for this part in my life, I realize, especially losing a spouse, how short life is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what? When Mike died, I didn't send the car. I didn't send the house. I didn't send any. I didn't. I still have his wallet. I didn't even send his wallet with him. But you know what he got to take with him is all the experiences, all mm-hmm. the memories he made, you know, all of those things. And so when you go through that with the loss of a spouse, I think that you're more in tune to, okay, what do I want the rest of my life to look like? And that's what it is. I want to see all of those experiences where you laugh until your belly hurts. So, you, you know, you walk down as many times as you possibly can, even if it's in the middle of winter, because those are all the things that make the memories. And it was really cool. And so I read something somewhere and I hope all the people that are dating can really take this spending time together and making the memories of today. Those are what create the conversations for tomorrow. Yeah. And so you've got to be able to have those experiences. You've got to be able to have the, that fun-loving spirit, right? Because that's what creates those, those conversations going forward. If it's always tough conversations, if it's always things that are hard, then the only thing that you have to talk about tomorrow are things that are hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The things that you do today and all the memories that you make and all of those experiences, those create the conversations going forward. So you yeah. really of that right when you're sitting there and you're talking to this person and you're thinking about a long-term relationship or you know even the possibility of marriage right what does that look like what kind of memories are you making today that tomorrow or next week you're going to want to look back on that and you're either gonna you know do you want to laugh or do you want to cry yeah (laughs) that's really what it is I love that and I what I love as well is that the you know it's great if you're 
even in, like within friendship circles or, you know, a long term partner that you can go back and go something triggers a memory and go, oh, my God, do you remember the time when we did blah, blah, blah? Do you remember when we did this? Do you remember that? Or a song comes on, you go, do you remember when this song first came out and we were doing, you know, all those types of things just create such a beautiful tapestry for um for your life. So I suppose before we before we wrap. um, So I find myself, you know. 55, 60, 50, 45, and all of a sudden I'm no longer in a relationship. What would your top tips be on getting yourself from, you know, sitting in the house in your pajamas to going, right, okay, I need to get myself on to, I need to get myself back out there. What would be, what would be your, your top tip? Because, you know, it would be the same really for men and women probably versus um, makeup and dresses. But, um, you know, what would your top tip of like getting off the sofa and getting back out be? So, you know, um, I'm going to tell you a quick story. So when we first started the nonprofit organization and I had the dream to do this big palace on wheels and that kind of thing, we had an opportunity to talk to a gentleman by the name of Millard Fuller. And Millard Fuller had started Habitat for Humanity, which is an organization that build houses for people in the United States and, and some third world countries. And, you know, it's all about trailblazing for me. It's all about modeling. All I need to do is find somebody who's doing what I want to do and then talk to them and then follow those steps. So we had an opportunity to talk to him. And I'm telling him this big, grandiose idea about this, you know, $250,000 vehicle that I want because I want this palace on wheels and to create this experience. And I remember saying to Millard Fuller, how much money do I need to have in the bank in order to start? And in a Southern accent, he'd said to me, Kim, you'd be really silly to start without a dollar. He said, you just need to start. Mm -hmm. Women don't care where these experiences are taking place. You can do them in in the alley over a garbage can. These women just need your help. And so that's what I would suggest is you just need to start. Mm -hmm. Don't off until you lose 50 pounds. Don't put it off until you get till your blonde grows out. Don't put it off until you're great. You just have to start where you are right now and be okay with where you are. And I will tell you this, whether you're male or female, everybody has that one outfit in their closet that's their power outfit. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a cool shirt, whether it's an, you know, a pantsuit, whatever it is, that when you put that on, you feel like a million dollars. You know what? There's nothing wrong with you showing up like the best version of yourself to make the best first impression that you can now i'm with you don't go to mac and have your makeup done if you can't reproduce it the next day but you know what if for the first three dates you only wear that outfit because that's what makes you powerful then doggone it that's what you do you don't have to go out and buy new clothes but find that one outfit that's in your closet that makes you feel amazing and then that's what you need to go to meet that person in but don't wait you know Exactly. Last time I, you know, when I, I decided to get back on and I was going to wait for a while and I thought, why am I going to wait? You know, it's one of those things where I could meet somebody right away. It may take me six months to meet somebody. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with getting out there and actually having those conversations. But I wanted to show up as the best version of myself. And I, when you are confident, no matter what size you are, 
you know, any of kind of thing for women, especially I'm speaking for women, I think, because for me, it's always been where he's not going to like me because I, because of my weight, he's not going to like me. And I will tell you what, I recently went on a date with somebody and, and I was asking him like, what are your, what are your deal breakers? And, and what is it that you're really looking for? And, you know, we went through a whole plethora of things and it was, um, it was conversation. Uh, it was intelligent, stimulating conversation. It was, you know, uh, watching how you treat your kids, all the things. Anyway, all the things he listed, appearance wasn't even one of them. Exactly. Yeah. It wasn't even one of them at this age. I think in parents, it's like intimacy, right? I don't want a relationship that the nucleus of the relationship is intimacy. Because I, uh, for me, I think it enhances the relationship, but it's not the end all be all of the relationship. Yeah. It's the same thing for appearance. You know, at some point in time, if I decided I didn't want to be a redhead anymore and I was going to let my gray go, you know, grew out, then that's all going to be for naught because it's going to change. But if you go in because of the, because of the connection that you have, if you go in because of the communication that you have and the communication skills, and I'm not saying you have to avoid hard conversations all the time. I'm saying they don't need to be every week, but the fact that you can communicate to one another about all of those things, I, to me, I think that that's what's really important. So don't stop because of your insecurities. When you are confident about who you are and where you are right now in this place, that's going to just seethe out of your existence and they're going to get that. They're going to see your confidence. And that's, I believe, when you're a woman dating, that's what they want. Like the men want to see your confidence. I, I don't think that they want to see some, you know, don't go and just mild-mannered and meek if that's really not who you are I that's what he wants to know that you can carry on a conversation he wants to know that you can take care of yourself he wants to know that you're not drama driven and there's not a lot of those things but you can't get in front of him if you're insecure about your appearance or your size then you can't get in front of that person to even allow him to make that um that judgment for himself because we do I feel as women, we judge ourselves so harshly. What does that matter? I think we judge ourselves so harshly that you don't show up at your, your confident, authentic self because of that. And you know what? If he doesn't like you, that's okay. Yeah. Some, some Give yourself a break. Somebody else will. I always say, go where you're celebrated, not tolerated. You know, that's right. find, you know, go go with someone that wants to be with you versus someone that you're struggling to try to get them to be with you. You know, that's right. know, know the power of you, you know. And listen, I have thoroughly you have made my week. This this <laughs> call, you have no idea. Like this is now half past 11 at night here. I have literally been on the go from for 12 hours. Um, in in full in full regalia, we had trans pride today. Then I had my own show. Then um, another couple of podcasts, and you have been, you've literally been the highlight of my day and Aww. my whole week. I've loved it. <laughs> thank you, thank you, so thank, you. thank you. And all of your awesome. all of your links and everything will be below. And if you do have a a page where people can donate to your charity, and um, then please share that with us, and we will put that in the the links below as well so my hello gorgeous goodbye gorgeous and thank by the way have you ever seen funny girl where barbara streisand says yes you know i <laughs> like that's the whole thing and so here's my goal and i don't want to offend but i would like to be whether or not when people have, say hello gorgeous i want them to think of me instead of barbara streisand <laughs> <laughs>
that's, what I, on, that's, like, that's my goal. From here on in, I'm like, Barbara who? Barbara who? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean that's Kim? Right. You mean Kim? That's the Kim. That's the Hello Gorgeous. That's, that's, yeah. that's, that's what you really mean. That's what you yeah. mean. Who needs Babs these days? You that's know what right. I mean? That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, listen, thank you so much. Thank and so much. Um, all the will be below. That was so awesome. Awesome. Oh, well, hello, gorgeous. Oh, I my loved God. Her. I loved it. I loved everything about her. Oh, my God. What was not to love? You know, that was just so amazing. And she was just so aligned with how we feel about how to be and how to be yourself. I just, I just, it was a really great time. I couldn't, I couldn't believe how quickly time flew. I know. I want to marry her. I would date her. She's <laughs> so great. Um, and honestly, like, just even that title this is the what the wonderful thing about branding and you know putting your best foot forward and who you who you are and as we were saying it like who your shop front is and you did all you said was hello gorgeous I said I'm in and then that's- you were like this. I guess that's it I'm in I like that, that just the fact that she's got a business called hello gorgeous I am going to love her so oh when you are it, selling yourself if you have like a unique selling point in some way like something fun like in in my tinder and stuff like that there I say that like I dance a bit of my own drum I'm house trained freely a good home so you know that I'm a bit of crack you know like I'm 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 a a bit of fun so like hello gorgeous I'm in you know that that's it so when you are trying to put your best foot forward or create a profile do something that is catching that will make people go I want to be with this person this is somebody that I would like to go on a date with or be with you know yeah that's exactly what I did and my husband he doesn't even like his mother and he called his mother and said you've got to get a load of this woman I just read about online she's so great I just gotta meet her you know um and that's the thing and and I get people all the time who compare themselves to other people and oh she's so much better at doing that than I am You just have to be, I know this might sound trite, but I know from experience, you just got to be great at doing you Yeah, putting that out there. And the right people will be so excited to meet you. Yeah, I know completely, for sure. And speaking of meeting the right people, do we have the right people online? Do we have got a letter? We got a letter. This time from Melbourne, Australia. We're going. Oh, wow. Good eye. Sheila, there's a stop in the water coiling. (laughs) you do a better accent than I do I'm not very good at that one but this one is from Tristan from Melbourne and he is uh talking about well let me just read his letter let me just get straight to it okay dear Jean and Portia I met a girl about three months ago and we really hit it off we really connected and about two weeks into dating she told me she had previously planned a trip to climb a mountain in Alaska with another guy It was her dream. She was training five hours a day. She'd only met the guy once for a couple of days who also shared the same interest, but she explained something that disturbed me a little bit. She said he was a sugar daddy whom she had met at first on an app. It was her first sugar daddy, supposedly. The trip of almost three weeks required her to be having sex with him. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Required? (laughs) Oh, my. And essentially, so I guess like a lot of times with these sugar daddy relationships, it is considered like very openly transactional. So I guess that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Um, The trip of almost three weeks required her to be having sex with him and essentially acting as his girlfriend. She said she wants monogamy and so do I. 
Um, but she said at the same time, she would understand if I slept with somebody else. Um, and I flip-flopped emotionally about this because I really want to marry this girl. I really feel like she could be the one, but I'm really not understanding her behavior. Um, when somebody devalues sex by sleeping with somebody else, it really hurts my feelings. She left the trip about a week ago. She, text, she texted saying she had to just, you know, struggle through this, get through it, and then she'll be back and we'll be back on track. Um, she says all the right words, but I'm still distraught. I really want to marry this girl. What do you think I should do? Well, first of all, having sex at that altitude and climbing is a job within itself. So buddy hats off to her that she can that she can do that. And hats off to him that he can still get it up at that <laughs> altitude. You know? So on a serious note, this is this girl uh, to me wouldn't be someone that I would be wanting to marry because she doesn't value you in the way that you value yourself. So right. If this was her life dream and she loved you the way she loved you and thought that you, you had the same connection, it doesn't, her dream could have been your, your dream together. This mm -hmm. could have been a trip that you did. Yes, it was all being funded for her by the sugar daddy, but there's no reason why she couldn't still have had that dream with you and you maybe saved for a year or, you know, so if she was as into you, as you are to her, she could have made that work. Now, we have done the last couple of weeks, we've, we've talked about polyamory and all that type of stuff. If that's your thing, that's great. It doesn't strike me that it is, what's his name, Chad? Tristan. Tristan. It doesn't strike me that this is Tristan's thing. No. So, you know, it's almost like, here's this perfect girl I think she's amazing. I will overlook her her flaws so that she so so that she can be the one. She's going, here's this mug that, you know, I'm gonna go off with this sugar daddy. He's my first. <laughs> if you are going away on a three-week trip, he's not your first sugar daddy. That's all I'm yeah, saying. Sure. Your first sugar daddy is like an overnight or a weekend or a dinner. It's not a three-week trip up, up Mount, whatever. Um so I would say that he needs to kind of take the blinkers off a little bit. And as I say, no judgment on her. I'd love a sugar daddy, but I wouldn't have a sugar daddy if I was in a relationship with somebody. Or if I was starting to fall in love with somebody, I would say, listen, I know that, you know, three months ago we planned this trip and all was going to be great. I, you know, I've met somebody and right. they, I, I think they're they're going to be the one. And I know our relationship is transactional. This guy is going to be substance rather than just, you know, sex and um, a trip. But thank you very much. And I'm, I'm sorry for messing things up. Yeah. That is somebody that you could, you could get on board and have no judgment on anyone's past. Because what they have done before is right. not who they are today, right. but their actions of who they are today is what you judge them on. So you can't judge anybody on what they've done before they met you. You can only judge them on the behavior of once they're with you. And if right. somebody is with you and they're not, you know, they're still going on this and, and saying, I'm going to have sex with them, that would be fine if these were in an open environment and that was on the right. table. 
that's not his thing. Nor is it's just like this girl is going to have her cake and eat it and shag for three weeks, have a trip paid for, and then come back and go. Well, this fella's fella's waiting for me. And what's to say she doesn't like meet somebody else and have another dream? Yeah. And do you mind if I take another three weeks off again? If that is your thing and that's your relationship, and you can right. have the polyamory modern way of being, that's great. No judgment on that. But this doesn't strike me as that case. Yeah. And I think he needs to find somebody that's aligned with him and his feelings and his emotions and cares about his feelings and emotions, you know? I agree 100%. I think I think what's happening here is um, she's telling him what he wants to hear because she doesn't want to lose any opportunity to um, have, have a cake and eat it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Have her cake and eat it. Um, you know, it sounds like she's a a bit of a user um, because yep. she's really playing with his emotions. He's already said what he wants. And I think, like you said, he needs to take the bl blinkers off. And I say this with love, Tristan, I think you can do way better. Yeah. And I know it hurts when you fall for someone and you really want to see them in the best light. But if she's treating you this way now, it's not going to get better. And I know now as a 50 year, 55 year old woman, it takes more than love for a relationship to work. And if she's not aligned with you and she clearly isn't on your values, it's just, you know, it's not going to work, but there were plenty of women who would just be falling all over themselves to be with somebody like you mm -hmm. who wants intimacy and wants monogamy. There are a lot of women who want that. So I would just chalk this up to, you know, it's a, it's, you like this girl, you, you care for her, but it's not a fit. doesn't mean mm -hmm. she's bad. It just means it's not a fit. Yeah, exactly. No judgment on her. No judgment on you. She'll find somebody and she'll find a rhythm that she's in. But sometimes what I always say is, you know, the grass may be greener on the other side, but when you get there, it's actually AstroTurf. <laughs> you know, it's not, a, it's not a manicured lawn. But you, as always, are the most perfect fit for me. And I have thoroughly enjoyed today. And thank you for bringing Kim into my life. She was amazing. If you do want to get in touch, just like Tristan did, please feel free to get in touch to datingissuchadrag.com, our website, or email us on datingissuchadrag uh, at gmail.com. Please like, share, subscribe. If you know anybody that might want to donate to uh, Kim's wonderful charity, share this podcast with them. Like it, comment on it. And if you do download it, please leave us a little bit of a review so then we can continue sharing the love. And I love you with all of my heart, Jean Jeannie. I love you and too, sweetheart. until we meet again, take care, be good. And if you can't be good... Be good at it, sister. Be good at it, girl. Ciao, ciao for now. <laughs> you love what I need. Your love is what I need.